Okay, good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to call to order the Marin County Authority Board of Commission meeting for Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. I'd like to invite the county clerk to take roll and tell us about remote participation. Commissioner Radoni. Present. Commissioner Canson. Commissioner Rice. Here. Commissioner Hall. Here. Commissioner Lucan. Here. Commissioner Sackett. Commissioner Moulton Peters. Here. If you are joining us today on Zoom and would like to participate, please use the raise hand icon located on your screen. If you are participating by landline, please press star nine to raise your hand. When it's your turn to speak, your name will be called and you will be asked to unmute your device. If you are participating by landline, you will hear that you are unmuted. That concludes the instructions and I will pass the meeting back to Commissioner Moulton Peters. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Our first order of business today is the reorganization of the board, electing the president and vice president. Is there someone who'd like to make a nomination? I would move a um, nomination of Commissioner Rodoni for president and Commissioner Sackett for vice president. Great. Is there a second? Second. Okay. Is there any public comment on this item? Not seeing any in the chambers. Is there any online? Yes, we have Lynn Axelrod. Please unmute. Yes. Hello. Is this for the or organization of the board? No, I jumped the gun. Okay, no problem. Hey, Comments later. Sorry. Second time is next. No problem. There are no additional speakers in the queue. Very good. We'll bring it back. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Any abstentions or... No's? No. That meeting passed that pass unanimously. Congratulations, Commissioner. Yeah, thank, thank you, uh, Commissioner Moulton Peters, and thank you for your service as chair of this uh, commission. Um, please note that item E has been pulled from the agenda uh, for additional staff work. That'll come back to us in a, few, a month or so. The next item on the agenda is item B. <clears throat> Item B is open time for items not on the board's agenda, but within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission. I will take speakers first online and then in the chamber. Given the number of speakers, I will limit the total time for this item to 45 minutes. And with any remaining comments held to the end of open session of the meeting right before item 10 on the agenda, I will alternate between speakers online, five speakers online and five speakers in the chamber if we reach those numbers. The time limit will be two minutes per speaker, and I welcome anyone online now to raise their hand for open time for items not on the agenda. And anyone in the chamber, feel free to come up to the podium and line up for open time comments. Thank you. Al, anyone online? Senator Rabani, there are no speakers in the queue. Okay, thank you, Al. So come, please come forward, and this is again open time for items not on the agenda. Hi, my name is Anne DeVera Rosenfeld. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, since uh, the pre-development money budget is not on the agenda, I have asked several times starting six months ago to get a budget to get understand how this money is gonna be spent. Um, so I'm asking again, um, and if we could get a budget the budget and how the money is going to be spent and how much of the money has already be been spent, that would be very, very helpful. Um, this should be a transparent issue. So I would appreciate 
getting that information. Thank you very much. Thank you. Royce McLemore, resident and president of Golden Gate Village Resident Council. My concern is uh, the right sizing of the units. Uh, this was brought up last September and was challenged in terms of what it would bring. In, in plain English, it would cause uh, Marin City not to be what we know Marin City as it is today because you leave out on public housing platform, which means for three bedroom, you could have three people and be in a three bedroom. You come back, you, you're overhoused. Then that's gonna mean some more overhousing that will have to take place in terms of moving people. I've requested over and over and over again, how is this going to be resolved? Because if it's not gonna be resolved, we might as well stop right now because you will not do what has been done in the whole entire Bay Area. And I think it, in terms of people coming back, you got to take what they give you or else buy. That's not how it's going to be here. And this is why I keep asking for the information, but I know I'm you know, getting played along, but I'm not being played along. That's why I'm bringing it to this board. And I'm just request at our next meeting that we have something to report as it relates to right sizing properly for the public housing residents who are living in public housing right now, regardless of section eight or whatever. Thank you. Hello, my name is Tashara. Um, and I also wanna speak about the pre-development um, loan. I am actually requesting that maybe some of the, those funds be put towards maintenance and the hiring of maintenance and the training of them because I've, I've been here about a year um, and I have to constantly put in requests to get things done. And from some of the maintenance people, and I know that they probably shouldn't be saying this, but they've let me know that there's no funding or they have to get approval for the funding to get some things done that needs to be done, like replacing my bathtub in my place or um, running a hose for my washing machine. I have a washing machine hookup and nowhere for the water to go out. So um, I'm just asking that maybe when you guys are coming over the, the development part of it, that some of those funds put are put towards hiring and training more maintenance people so that people can get things done in their place. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, my name is Terry Thompson. I'm from Marin City. I live in uh, 89 Cold Drive. And I have two problems. Oh, I've been here my whole life, 74 years in Marin City. And I'm very concerned. But there's a problem we have with the patios. Housing Authority put concrete in the drain. And as far as the, uh, it, it, when it rains, we get puddles of water. And, and from what I understand, the, the, the mosquitoes come and they can spread diseases or whatever, but it's not healthy. And my other problem is when they built those tall buildings, they had screen doors on the sliding doors in the back. Some kind of way down the line, 
they changed the, the, the configuration of it, but they didn't order the screen doors. They said that they were going to do it, but it costs a lot of money. And I look at that like a misuse of funds because I know that if you order screens when you buy the, the whole unit, the glass, you get it a, a lot cheaper, not wait until they, they don't even make them no more and then, and then try to get the, the screens. But that would stop the uh, rodents from coming into people's units because you have to have the unit, the 89 coal, you have to have those doors open sometimes because the, the heaters don't work right and it's, it's not it's not healthy. So I, I wish you can look forward and maybe come out to Marin City and I can show you whether than you're trying to believe what I'm saying and uh, and do something about it. Hopefully. That's it. Thank you. Hi, my name is Beverly Freeman. I'm a resident of Golden Gate Village. I've been living in Golden Gate Village, I think about 15 years now. And um, what I would like to, we just started working with the, envir the uh, environmental health uh, or agency, and they're willing to take the residents of Golden Gate Village's complaints about, namely one of the biggest things is mold. There's a really large problem with mold. I talked to a lady over in a 409 the other day, Drake, and she's she was in a unit that was played with mold for about a year, and they moved her into another one. I lived in 419 door 21 for five years, and there was a really bad mold problem in there, and then I was forced to sign a, a release of, I think it was liability when I recertified one time. So... I would just encourage um, the board, the supervisors, the commissioners, and the housing authority to work hand in hand with the environmental um, health agency to address a clear health issue in Golden Gate Village. Not only that, there there needs to be some weatherization of the units. Um, our light bills are very, very high. Our electricity, um, PG&E, is high because the there's air escaping out of the wind, out of the windows and the doors. So I just would encourage housing authority and all those who are in a position of authority that have the power to make some changes to do that. And so that the dwellings, the, the, the units that we live in in Golden Gate Village are just like the ones that you all live in. We all should be living in quality um, habitations and that should be a consideration because we're all humans. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Sheila Robson. I have been living in Golden Gate Village for 15 years. When I moved there, it was different. I lived in the high rises of 59. It was clean. It was not a whole bunch of bird poop. It wasn't people, dogs pooping all up and down the sidewalk. It was kept up. Now, I've noticed, since I've been walking through there a lot, it's not being kept up anymore. It's starting to look run down. It's starting to look like we live in the ghetto instead of a, a complex. And I feel like that maintenance is being hired, but they're all being hired for different reasons. And none of them are being actually doing the jobs that they should be doing. There's no reason that people have kids and they build this look like it looks. It's molded all on the outside. 
People got trashed all by the garbage can. It's not none of it being picked up. And right now we got still got rats coming through there that even though they put in traps, that's not helping. And uh, my granddaughter thought a rat was a cat and she tried to play with it. Luckily I came outside. These are health hazards that really needs to be addressed. It's bad enough we got skunks, raccoons, deers, and, and coyotes. But now we got to deal with you go into your shed or you go into your patio and there's rats and rat poop. So like I said, they need to start cleaning it up a whole lot better and stop letting it be run down like they want us to move. Thanks. Good afternoon. My name is Richard. Um, I have, um, with the uh, approval of any uh, redevelopment or pre-development, would it be possible to have Marin City residents uh, have preference in obtaining contracts or employments in any of the jobs that are going to be done to help keep a little bit of the funding in the community? Thank you. Hi, I'm Marguerite Moriarty, and I just want to reiterate what Beverly said. One year ago, well, it'll be a year in March, I went door to door with um, friends of the Golden Gate Village uh, folks, and um, I have pictures on my phone of some of the bathrooms with mold that's like raining down in in the bathrooms, and um, that's just we we can do so much better than this in Marin County, and I don't know what your restraints are with HUD. Um, I really don't understand the whole process exactly, but. Um, I know we can do better. And last week um, in the IJ, there was a letter from someone in San Rafael here that said about education and Felicia's doing what she can for that. But the, the gentleman said, um, how many people know that when people were um, released from slavery, that they were given 40 acres and a mule? And then it was rescinded and no, nothing's ever. So we need to do better for the people in Marin City. Hello, my name is Capri Price. I am currently on the Empowerment Fund Committee. I just wanna bring up an issue that I have. I am currently nine months pregnant. I'm due next month. I live in the high rises in Marin City and I put in a work order. I put in one, two, three work orders, December 26th. Last week, my work order, one of them was fulfilled. I have mold in my apartment and I cannot open my windows, which are ceiling windows. My house is very humid inside and I cannot open my sliding doors due to not having screens. I feel like these are minor issues, but at the same time for someone who is pregnant, it's very hard to breathe in those conditions. I also allow my daughter to play around the resident area, which is the park, and it's kind of unsafe. There's holes in the slides and as well as in my friend's yard. There are pest problems that are very, um, I feel like are very serious when you have skunks in daylight that are just living in your sheds due to broken wood and infestation. I would like you to hear everyone's cries today because 
these issues are very damaging to people with health problems. Thank you. Good afternoon, my name is Sharon Hayes. I've been a Marin City resident for over 63 years. Um, I've seen a lot of change, um, not for the good, unfortunately. Um, I follow the rules, I call in the work orders. We've been talking about uh, the re redevelopment. Uh, we have uh, maintenance meetings every other Thursday on a meeting before October 23rd, I expressed several concerns about my unit. Um, it's normal wear and tear issues. There's no vandalism, no damage. There's, it's a clean unit, but things get old. You call the maintenance line. They get, I have the work order numbers. They give you a work order number and then they ask for your phone number. No one has said anything to me about this. I called the work, I called the maintenance line back to make sure that they were still open and maybe I had missed it. They're still open. We're required to do our due diligence. MHA should be required to do theirs as well. Anyone else in the chamber want to speak at the open time? Okay, thank you. Al, did anyone show up online? Professor Rotoni, there are no speakers in the queue. <laughs> You're really loud, Al, in the chamber. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. We're gonna we're gonna move to thank you. We're gonna move to item C now, which is approval of the minutes of December 12, twenty twenty three. Any comments from the board uh, commissioners? Any public comments on the minutes from December 12, 2023? Al, anyone online? There are no speakers in the queue. Anyone on in the chamber? All right, thank you. You can bring it back to the commissioners. We have a motion and a second, second. please. We have a motion by Hanson and a second by Luke. And all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, abstain. That motion carries, thank you. Item D is Board of Commissioner Matters and Executive Director Report. First, we'll come to the commissioners. Any commissioners with anything they want to comment on today? Yes, Homer, please. Um, I would uh, really like to respond to Mr. Thompson's uh, uh, statement and just to say that he is absolutely correct. I uh, have been talking about these screen doors for a long time for tenants who live on bottom floors and tenants whose units are actually uh, have access to the grounds, which is so, and yeah, I mean, what, yeah, well, okay, let me finish. So, uh, so that's that was that was a point that I had brought up, been mentioning a while back before we had the new members on the board. But what it was was this was due to the rodents entering the units when people open the sliding doors. You need to have screens. Also, as it pertains to the maintenance department, oh, that's a different story. 
uh, the maintenance department has been adequate for a very long time. And I tried to address that one too. We seem to, it's simply because we can't get anything done because we don't have, we don't have the right skilled people to fix it. So the problem there is, is that we tried to address hiring people in the residence, but most of them are, are not trained to do that type of work. So we end up having to having to bring an outside contract in to do a lot of things. So that creates a delay. But I'm just saying, just speaking on stuff that I have addressed, have talked to the directors about. Yeah. Yeah. Thank thank you, thank you. Commissioner Hall. Yeah. Anyone else? On the list. Not yet, no. In a minute. I think Go ahead. Uh, I, I, uh, I just want to acknowledge the maintenance comments and uh, I'd like to request just a future uh, update on our maintenance program and responding to calls uh, and how we're doing with all of it, uh, as well as the mold concerns. Yeah, thank you, Commissioner Mold Peter. Commissioner Hansen. Hansen. Um, so, uh, I think I'm doubling down on what Commissioner Hall said. And um, with regard to the maintenance, I lived in 419. And so I know that even in my bathroom, the first year I was there, my ceiling fell in. Um, and the other part was, I didn't even know there was supposed to be a fan in that bathroom. I didn't know until right before I left that there was supposed to be a fan in there to get the hot air out. Um, if you open up your window in your bathroom, it's right on the walkway. And for some people, that's disturbing. It can be disturbing because you never know who's walking by when you're taking a shower. Um, um, so with the maintenance issue, I had a woman, her apartment leaked. I had bubbles on my ceiling. I, I thought the maintenance was a little bit better a couple years ago when I was there because they seemed to respond a little more prompt. But there are issues. The garbage can and the garbage chutes need to be cleaned out regularly. They need to be, they used to be sprayed down. That's not happening like it used to be. Um, and, and that's where the rats and, and all the critters come, come in. Um, I think I complained before uh, Ms. Hazel uh, passed away. I think I complained about that dog poop has been an everlasting problem and it really needs to be addressed. It's, it's ongoing and it was bad then and it's, it's bad now. Um, the other part of it is um, I think the screen doors, definitely, definitely there needs to be screen doors, but there does need to be some train maintenance. I thought that there was uh, some situation where we had some funding to develop programs to train some people in Marin City. Maybe you can address that when you do uh, your statement to train some people if they wanted some training, some journeyman training. Um, I thought we talked about that, but yes, it definitely needs to be addressed. I think we need somehow either more maintenance or um, their time needs to be managed a little bit better. Thank you. Any other commissioner comments? Go ahead. If I could make a follow-up comment, I, I just want to acknowledge uh, to our executive director, I know that uh, there's a balancing act with cur maintenance currently uh, in the day-to-day -day absolutely has to get done, but we're also planning for a thorough renovation. And so perhaps uh, when you do come back to us, you could help us understand what are the kinds of things that we can expect now maybe the buildings uh and then what are the things that are going to be happening as part of the renovation that could include screen doors and maybe we have to find a temporary solution in between but i i just want to acknowledge it we're going to do a major renovation soon mm -hmm. and that should address a lot of these issues but we need some solutions in the short term as well 
Thank you. Any other commissioner comments? All right, we're gonna move now to the executive director's report and then we'll take public comment on this item. Oh. Okay, good afternoon commissioners um, and the public. I, um, I wanted to start today with um, asking a couple of my staff to come up, Samantha Gazowski and uh, Suzanne Joyce. Uh, we, Commissioner Hall and Commissioner Canson and then some of the staff, a couple of our staff members all went to a NARO conference last week in Napa for um, the Northern California chapter of NARO. And at this conference, um, we, I'm thrilled to just want to take a minute because the Housing Authority got um, awarded with two awards. We're the only Housing Authority that got two awards at this, um, at this conference uh, for some of the work we, for, the, for being the Housing Choice Voucher Program of the Year um, and for our Foster Youth Initiative Program. So I just wanted to have a minute because I was not there. I wasn't able to attend, but Commissioner Hall and Commissioner Canson and a lot of our staff were there. So it's an exciting moment that I wanted to be able to share. So Suzanne, you want to? Yeah, pull that mic right towards you so we can hear you, okay? And make sure it's on. There you go. No? I'll do that. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. Yes, good afternoon. So um, we were extremely excited to receive this award. Um, my team has worked really hard last year and the year before. Um, this award was basically for our utilization of the vouchers that we have, as well as our leasing. And they also um, commanded us on how we have, in the last two years, we have not been in shortfall. And we have been within our budget, um, financially with our budget. But the main thing is the utilization. Um, at, at last, they also um, added in that we, we um, last year we added over 100 uh, project-based vouchers, and they were very, very excited that we're trying to increase um, the voucher program through the project base as well. So um, I'm very happy, and my team was very excited to get this award. Griffey, congratulations, and we have another one too. We have another one. Hi, commissioners. <laughs> um, so just first off, I want to thank HUD for honoring um, Marin Housing Authority with these two awards. Um, the Foster Youth Initiative Program, really excited to have this program, though it's not extremely large. Um, we are able to utilize um, the vouchers that we can through the referrals that come from um, Children and Family Services through the Health and Human Services Department. So we want to thank our partners there. We want to thank our partners at Alternative Family Services um, who provide some case management and also coordinated entry through whole person care who also provides some referrals. Um, we were providing the case management. Um, Mel over here is uh, one of our case managers. So thank you, Mel. And um, part of the program is if we can enroll uh, the former foster youth or foster youth into family self-sufficiency, they do get an extension on their voucher. And we have enrolled um, all of our participants in uh, family self-sufficiency programs. So they are either working in um, job training programs or uh, employed at this time. So thank you. Great, congratulations. Yeah, this was really a testament of all the hard work. A lot of our staff is here today, and then a lot of the management team is here, and it, it, they really have done 
um, I want to just, you know, take a minute to acknowledge that it, it is a lot of work. It's a heavy lift what happens at the Housing Authority every single day, the people that we're serving, and um, to be acknowledged and have a minute to take it out and to be celebratory is, is really important. So I wanted to make sure I brought them all here today um, to do that. So then I wanted to move on to the um, Golden Gate revitalization update. Uh, so, you know, with your board's approval last month, it was just last month, uh, we, uh, we approved uh, Burbank Housing as our development partner. And then since then, since the beginning of the year, and this, this month, we started meeting with Burbank Housing um, over the past few weeks to begin drafting an exclusive negotiating agreement with, with Burbank along with a resident engagement and outreach strategy, which we're, we, they are, that is the core of what they said in their proposal. They believe really strongly in getting in the community and working with the community. They are hoping to meet with the resident council. And I think they've been in contact with the resident council trying to um, schedule a meeting. So we'll get that going this hopefully in February. And um, I wanted to just say that a comprehensive update of the revitalization and the agreement with um, Burbank is something we will we'll be, be bringing back probably in March is the goal. Um, and, I, you know, I, I wanted to, I, I hear, I want to acknowledge that what we're hearing from residents, a lot of it will be addressed in, in the revitalization. A lot of it needs to be addressed right away. So I did hear some concerns with um, the staffing, are um, being responsive on work orders, thing, a lot of things that um, I am gonna look into with my staff, but, um, and I will bring something back next month, which is in two weeks, we'll be back, um, and I'll have a more in-depth re report out of, of, those, um, of those requests. I also wanna let you know that um, part of our ENA, we will be bringing back the idea of what is the budget gonna happen for the pre-development budget. That is why we took it off. We're, we, we just, we're still negotiating that with Burbank, looking at all, of the, all the parts that the housing authority is gonna be responsible for, the Burbank housing will be responsible for. Um, and so I will have a very detailed budget that I will be bringing back. Uh, we've spent very little money of the pre-development at this point um, because we, we just haven't really done anything yet. So, and all of that, all the pre-development money is really all for development work that we're going to be doing around the development so we really can't use those funds for maintenance and i just wanted to you know for any of the ongoing operations those funds are not are not for that um so then i also wanted to to just report out that the um, resident empowerment fund committee and, and capri price is here is one of those members um, on the resident empowerment fund that they will be receiving all the submitted proposals this week. The RFP closes uh, tomorrow night on the 31st. And as a reminder, the Golden Gate Village Resident Empowerment Fund was created to ensure that Golden Gate Village residents are the decision makers on how monies will be, um, will be distributed to support enhanced services for residents. The Housing Authority in partnership with the county and Marin Community Foundation have been marketing this for the last couple months. It closes again tomorrow. The, the committee of six residents that are the, are on this uh, are on the committee um, will be deciding how to distri distribute the half a million dollars to nonprofit organizations with a maximum amount of one hundred and fifty thousand and a minimum of twenty thousand for the first year of this project. So they will be getting these. There there will be 
they're due, like I said last night, um, I've committed to getting those, all the proposals to the committee by Saturday morning. So they'll have uh, about three weeks to review them and then we'll be getting back together with the committee and with the Marin Community Foundation. So, the, and then we'll be bringing the awards back in March of the, of the different services that we'll be providing. That is where some of the funding could be and hopefully somebody comes in with some sort of a training program, maintenance program, um, as you were speaking of, Commissioner Canton, of looking for the training opportunities uh, would be sort of the Resident Empowerment Fund as a possibility. We're also working with the um, Carpenters Union to work on trying to create an MOU so that we could have our residents have priority and training for any of some jobs and get ready for those jobs as they come down the pipe with all this revitalization. Um, I also, we have included the, the um, the, the newsletter for February in the packet, and there's some extras here, so they'll give us some more highlights of what's happening in Golden Gate Village. We are also doing a, where Marin Housing is hosting a NARO Resident Management Corporation training. It's a two-day training that's going to be offered in Golden Gate Village in our community center on February 26th and 27th. It's an all-day training from, I believe, 9 to 4. And um, this is really to help residents decide how they'd like to get more involved in the resident management corporation and creating a resident management corporation and taking leadership. So that is open to all residents from Marin City, or from, I'm sorry, from Golden Gate Village who are interested in participating. And the, lastly, the public housing update. I, the public housing leasing team has been doing a great job over the last couple of months. I don't know if you remember, but in July, we were below the threshold of our um, utilization of public housing. And we are currently have 98% occupied in all of our public housing across the county. Um, the staff has also been working hard with the residents to collect delinquent rent and to support residents with setting up the repayment agreement. So that's been going well with um, working with legal aid and the community and, and community action Marin. Uh, the capital, capital improvement projects that are underway right now are at Casanova. We're working to replace the roof there and um, the sidewalks. We are also working with um, the, to clear out all the storm drains in Golden Gate Village um, to make sure that all those drains are flowing as we're going to be getting into some rain very quickly. Then lastly, I just want to introduce, I know that last month, Nick, Nick Zoe, our CFO, resigned. And we were really fortunate that we have our former auditor, Kim Dolan, who is stepped up and she is our interim um, CFO. So she's been a, an amazing partner to have back with us. And um, we got pretty, pretty grateful that she was able to be available to help us right now. So we're, we're happy to have Kim be part of the team. Yeah. And that concludes my executive director's report. Okay, I'm gonna bring you back to the commissioners for any questions of our executive director. Uh, Commissioner Canton. Okay, it says right here that uh, this funding would allow MHA to begin the rehabilitation of the existing GGV units, but you're saying that it's not gonna be used for uh, maintenance now? No. That's a pre-development. It's all for the large redevelopment projects that is coming forth. And so what, so my issue with the, with, with the large contract is um, until then, until you go through the process, and I know, I mean, you've got to get historical landmark permission. You've got to go through um, 
the HUD and, and the Section 18. So until then, this money will sit with the development team. Is that what you're saying with Burbank? Can I? Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's all being worked out, but yeah, but primarily there's all kinds of, we have to do a, a needs assessment so that we can, so to, as part of our section 18 application, which we're hoping to put in by July, there's other kinds of engineers and architects that will be, those are all the um, expenses that fall under this pre-development uh, to figure out what are we actually going to be doing inside of the units uh, on the in the landscaping we're greening it we're doing it historically those are the that's all the work so is happening with that pre-development loan so it will start getting used quickly here as soon as we get this um, exclusive negotiating agreement because because that's what I'm concerned with I'm concerned about until that time um, because it's going to take a little time what are we gonna to do to make sure that we're taking care of the property, that we're properly maintaining the property, that the residents feel safe, they feel like this property is a place that they can be and not worry about mold and stuff like that. That's my concern because I know this is not gonna be a short process and the residents uh, need to understand that it's not gonna be right away. And so that you know, we, we have some steps that we're gonna to take to make sure that they're okay until then, that the maintenance is taken care of until then. Yeah, and, and the executive director is going to come back with a presentation yeah. next month, hopefully, and yeah. tell us what that plan is and yeah. what they can take care of now and what will be uh, delayed. Um, anyone else questions of the executive director? Okay. We're going to move to the public. These are comments on the Board of Commissioner matters or the executive director report. Come up to the podium, please, and I'm going to go online first. There's one speaker, Al, I believe. Yes, the first speaker is Barbara. Please unmute. Good afternoon. Uh, sorry, I can't be there in person, but this flu is no joke. So I'm especially grateful for Zoom at the moment. Um, last year, some of you commissioners asked Kimberly to include in her executive director's report to include her report, her executive director's report with the agenda so that you and the public could have some advance notice of the issues she intended to discuss. But the only item that's attached to her executive director's report this month is the Golden Gate Village newsletter, which is most certainly not her executive director's report. I hope you will ask for this oversight to be remedied in the future so that we all can have access to her report before the minute she gives it. Um, I would also like to congratulate Kimberly and MHA on um, the awards it received for the voucher-based housing programs and add that in the future, I hope we might also have the opportunity to congratulate MHA on awards it might receive for its public housing or its former public housing programs. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. President Rudeni, there are no additional speakers in the queue. So come up to the podium, please. Thank you. Good afternoon again, and my name is Sheila Robson, and I'm not gonna disrespect you, Kim, but I'm gonna be honest. Uh, you praise your workers, I'm happy for you. But when it comes to your tenants, you, the first thing you talk, like you told me is, I don't know what's going on with my tenants. I have a team. 
we want to be able where you can speak back to us and let us know what's really going on and not seem like you're making up steps as you're going along. Because that's what it sounds like to me sitting here, that you're making up steps to appease the board, not to appease us. And that's not fair to us. So it's could not you, fair. Could you speak to the commission so we can hear I'm you better? I'm speaking to all of you. So I feel like she's appeasing you guys. She's appeasing her staff. She forgets that she has tenants. When I had an issue going on, I reached out to Kim. She pushed me to other people that I don't even know who her workers are. None of us know who we be talking to. And that's not fair that I feel like we can split up under the roof and not being addressed like we should be as people who's paying your rent, people who's making sure that she has a livelihood like us. So I want to be treated fairly and not like I'm just a low-class person just living up under her roof. Thank you. Yes, I just want to say, too, uh, as it relates to Burbank, I asked Burbank the same question as it relates to right-sizing. They had never heard of what Kimberly had proposed, her changing HUD law. I even told her, since when did you start writing HUD law? Because it's not going to happen for the public record. This is all a sham because in the end, when they, if, if and when, they'll say, we can't do it. You have to be under the voucher program platform, and that's period, which would force a lot of us Black people out of Marin City, out of Marin County by being considered overhoused. That's one thing. And then as it relates to resident services, we have two... Uh, coordinators or that work in resident services, very intelligent, educated black women. And I tell you, and I told Kimberly, why didn't you reach out to the staff that you have to encourage them? Because she said, well, they didn't apply. Did you encourage them? No. But you want to bring in somebody from who knows where to be their supervisor, how unfair, how unfair. It's racist, it's straight up racist because one of the employees has more credentials than the one she wanting to hire. Let, so then, I'm gonna break it all the way down. Then it'll be three white women, and I don't have anything against white women, but three white women that would be supervising two black women. Three. Thank you. Thank you. So there's a historical, there's a, there's a, there's a historical sickness in this country and it is directly affecting people of the diaspora. And what really concerns me is the, the things that go on underhanded behind closed doors to make life hard for African-Americans in this county. And this whole, this whole, what is it called, Royce? The thing that they're gonna use to move people back in? Choice voucher, one more way to get rid of black folks. And I would just implore this county to do something to help black folks, not to take our housing away it's like no place safe on the planet for black folks. Every, gentrification is alive and well. This It's already started in Marin City. 
Sausalito is encroaching on us. Is it this that's come on? Can we can we get some some love? Can some black folks get some love in Marin County? Can we get some support? Not figure out some way to unhouse us. Figure out, come up with some kind of little way to when they move back in, we're going because it already happened up on the hill. You let people move in. And then a year later, you do something with the rent so they can't afford all those little steps to keep black folks from doing something good or to make life hard for us. Can we get a little love from Marin County? You know, love. Hmm. What a concept. I'm here to comment on what Director Hall said about the screen doors. When I was saying it, I wanted screen doors on every back unit, not just on the bottom floors. That's not what I was saying. That's why I want to clarify that. And also, the um, as far as having a qualified people in the in the housing authorities, that the uh, residents. I got a track record of wiring those units, a successful track record. I wired the housing authority office by myself. I come from a master. My dad was a master electrician. He had a business in Sausalito in 1946. He worked in the shipyard for 10 years. He was the foreman over all of these guys. But I got so much experience, it's, it's, it's almost blows my head open. But I made an agreement with Kimberly Carroll and these other guys that I could teach these guys. I want to, I've been there my whole life. I don't want Marin City to, to, to leave. I, I love Marin City. So I said, I'll help them, teach them the trade. I know what I'm doing. I'm just up in age now. I can't do a lot of stuff, but I, but I can, I can save this thing out, this county a lot of money. They're hiring contractors that, I mean, I got photographs that they, they don't even know what they're doing. They're charging an arm and a leg. We don't need that. I'm tired of seeing these youngsters go to prison. You understand what I'm saying? I want them to be able to be viable citizens and, and learn this trade or whatever, and even other trades. But it's a lot of lies going on in the, in the housing authority. Thank you. Okay. So can I come back later? We'll give you another time, yep. We'll tell you when to come out. I'll be back. All right. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Hello again. My name is Sashara. Um, I want to follow up on what Commissioner Kansen was saying about the um, funding for the maintenance. Um, for one, I, we, we all understand that that process is going to be a little longer as far as um, getting the whole um, development together and where the money is going to be funded. But I don't feel that if there's funding that can help save you guys money on the whole picture, um, then why not use that for small issues that can become big issues? Like for me, I'm I'm losing money personally because my pantry is keep getting attacked by ants. Now the maintenance guy, he's putting the stuff in the in the pantry to 
attract the ants to take back. But as soon as I put fresh food back in my pantry, I'm getting attacked by ants now. My, my pantry is now on my kitchen table because I don't have, and the maintenance guy said there is something more that they can do to basically rid of the ant problem in the building, but they don't have the funding. And that's a problem because I can't short y'all the rent for what I'm losing in food. Um, and I don't get food stamps, so I'm paying cash money for it. And it's very unfair. My PG&E is $275 this month. And 200 of it is gas because my top, my bathroom window hasn't been fixed since I moved in. Then in the meeting yesterday, I find out that the same complaints I have for my unit, this lady refused, this lady behind me refused the unit for those same reasons and they didn't fix it. They just moved me in, a new resident. I'm not from here. I'm not from this county. I am new. I am from the East Bay. And this is, I, I've never been treated this way, even with the housing over there. So I'm just asking that the funds be used towards maintenance, some of them, please. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Gail Bateson. I'm uh, part of the Friends of Golden Gate Village, and I've been attending the maintenance meetings for the last year, um, observing and taking minutes. And I want to talk also about maintenance and staffing and skills. Um, I've talked to you before about why can't uh, MHA hire uh, licensed contractors, told us the cost issue I've talked about trying to hire a higher level people. And I understand there's um, maintenance specialists one, two, and three, three being the higher level. And Kimberly said that they were gonna hire a level two. Um, and we've been asking to find out what's the difference between what's on the org charts and what's the county classifications because they have on the org chart maintenance specialists, which I understand to be levels two or three and then maintenance workers. But levels one and two have to be supervised, you know, three doesn't. And I thought we were hiring a two which would be good, but if I compare the last two charts, we've still got three people as maintenance specialists. We're hiring more level ones. And that's a real real problem because um, they have to be supervised, they have to learn their skills, and uh, we have a number of examples, which I won't have time to share, about where people uh, come out to start a job, uh, sending out three people to fix some guy's bathroom, they have no skills, they're not taping. There's a lot of examples. Um, and so I know it's a staffing issue, but it's also a training and a skill level. And I think it's really important that we increase people at a higher level and, and, and to answer our question of how many levels two and threes do you have. Um, also, um, the questions about what needs to be fixed now, I think mold and heat really trying to focus on the health and safety issues are really should be a priority. And, um, and also the whole issue of supervision that uh, we get a sense that there's a lot of people out there who are um, being sent out without the supervision. One uh, person recently reported a problem with her refrigerator, reported it on a Friday, got a call back on Monday, and they came out there. By then, her, she had to throw out all of her food. Um, and the, when the people arrived on the scene, they said, we can't do this without the help of a particular guy who's a level hey, one person. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <clears throat> Uh, in response to uh, what Ms. Commissioner Hall said, the Golden Gate Village uh, Resident Council has begun, uh, gone above and beyond to keep the ground maintenance clean, the drains clean. Uh, with that being said, how do residents know about contracts if not announced or presented an opportunity? Marin City has a lot of skilled workers that are able to present, to do a lot of different things. Um, but if we're not able to know or find out about the contracts, then how can we get the job done? Um, also, with 
uh, money's being proposed to be sitting in the uh, with the Burbank housing uh, to to come up with a plan for redevelopment or pre-development. How much of that money is being spent just discussing discussing the uh, plans and what is going to be done? How much is there a budget or uh, something we could find out about that? Thank you. Hello, my name is Anna. I'm a resident um, in the Golden Gate. And I just wanted to just bring to attention the about the weatherization, if I'm saying it right. Basically, like weather strip, our houses and apartments be freezing during the winter or super hot during the summer. We have no AC units. Or we don't even if we have like something that would like the strip the bottom of our doors or have better window panes or things like that for our apartments, just so our pg and &E could be a little lower or we can have sufficient um, air quality inside our homes, of course, on top of the mold um, problem that we have. Thank you. Anyone else want to speak on this item, please come up to the podium. Thank you. Um, Regarding Kimberly, lack of Miss Carroll's lack of transparency with the residents, um, that's her job. Kimberly takes direction from the board, more so from Miss Moten Peters, to create hostility, to not come together. They've been doing it for years and decades. This meeting right now, happened in the 70s, the 60s, the 80s, the 90s. When I was in high school, I heard about these meetings. Ms. Royce, thank God for her and many others, the black women in Marin City, been coming here for decades. For decades, same old meetings, same stuff. No one has trust in you. No one has trust in you, Ms. Morton Peters. This is your, it's your district. There's seven of you, but it's your district. I was on the CSD board with Royce, 2018, 2022, you guys took grants away from us. You sold the Headland Sherwood apartments three years ago. Less tax dollars. Less tax dollars for CSD happened a couple of years ago. You didn't come to the residence to talk to us. You didn't come to the CSD board. Less tax dollars for the school district. You're squeezing Marin City. You're trying to squeeze, squeeze this out. This young woman said Oakland's was treated better than Marin County. But in Marin, we have this fake, liberal, nice, white people's reputation you guys are more racist than anyone I've ever met in my life. Ever. You're putting the squeeze on Marin City. Less tax dollars. Take grants away on CSD because we're an unincorporated community. The squeeze. The squeeze. Squeeze us out. You're attempting to. But we're not going anywhere. We're going to fight as hard as we can. But don't expect them to do the right thing at all because they won't. They will not. And they never have. Time's up. And they won't. All right, we're going to close the comment on this item now <clears throat> and reminding everyone that uh, item E was removed. So we're moving to item F now, which is authorized Marin Housing Authority or one year contract and four additional one year options with Nan McKay and Associates. Um, looking to Stephanie, uh, sorry, to Executive Director. Kimberly, to give us an uh, introduction to this item. Okay, so um, with this, with this, we are we are looking at um, extending 
another year contract with um, Nan McKay to help us do our annual recertification process of um, looking at files on an annual basis. So I'm gonna have um, both Kathleen Wyatt and um, Chris Barda really speak to this because uh, it was a procurement and, um, and Kathleen's in charge of the, um, she's our director of housing operations. You wanna read the letter? Sure, your mic's on, Chris. No, there you go. How's that? Good. All right. I'm Chris Bart. I'm a uh, MHA's procurement uh, manager. And so um, this, we put this out, I was posted on July 12th to 23, and it authorized MHA to order a one-year contract, four additional one-year option periods to Nan McCain Associates is a contract that you'll be uh, voting on today. Um, remote certification case management services uh, for an amount to not to exceed 425.5 annually. And it's a per charge per uh, renewal. I think it's 180 per renewal. So 425 is the ceiling. Um, so it can go up to that. And let's see. And if you have any questions about the procurement, I'm happy to answer that or the, the contract in general. So why don't we all go to the whole presentation and we'll get back to questions. Can I just clarify on that? So yes, we put out a, an RFP for this work and we had uh, two bidders, Nam McKay, and then we had a smaller bidder also respond to this um, procurement. We are contracting with the smaller contractor too. It's um, Scott, Scott Miller Consulting, um, who will be taking over 500 of our, of our files. And as Chris said, um, it is a per unit, per file uh, cost. So this is up to, if we did all of them, this is what, uh, or close to all of them, it would cost uh, the 425. Yep. Um, our intention is to be um, scaling back with, uh, with our vendor and be bringing hiring. We did hire three eligibility workers over the course of the last 12 months. Uh, we've had to, one person left who was a former person and then one of the new people left after a few months. So we are in the process of ramping that back up um, and, um, but I, but it, it, it's a, it's a process, right? So we have to really train people to do this type of work. And, um, and so in the interim, we are working together with our, our, our software vendor plus Nan McKay to really streamline all that we're doing. I've put, um, one of my managers on, on this to help make sure this, the process stays as, as streamlined as we can, because I do understand there's been a, it's been bumpy for um, residents with the mail service and working remotely. Um, but um, that's, I just wanted to make sure you understood there was two, two vendors that, that, that actually um, responded to our RFP. Yes, only, only two vendors. Otherwise uh, we might've been able to entertain somebody new, but right now we're still working with Nan McKay. And as Kimberly said, we're trying to improve our processes with them. So as long as we're still using them, but we do have a big plan to hire more eligibility workers to be able to do more work in house. So the, the second vendor, the smaller vendor, um, since he's just getting started, we're starting him out with 500 special program um, participants. And if he does well with those, then we can enhance um, his contract and add more to his plate. And anything that we take 
off of Nan McKay's plate and gives in-house or to that other vendor reduces our dependence on Nan McKay. And I know it's in the staff report, but could you maybe go into a little more detail about what this contractor actually does? Because I think that's important to understand. Sure. Nan McKay is, I want to say that Nan McKay is a nationwide industry leader in affordable housing tax credits, and they do public housing section eight. And they're also a large trainer of all of this work across the country. They do everything from training to overseeing or taking over a whole agency and running it from the ED down to the property managers, everything, to what they do for us is they manage, they do our annual recertifications of our client files. So for the section eight in public housing, they have a portion of those files. And so every year, each participant on our program needs to show all of their documentation. It's like doing your taxes, quite frankly. Every year you have to do, provide all of this. And so Nan McKay is doing that part of the work for us. It's very limited. They're not in charge of paying our landlords. They don't manage our programs. They are really just sending letters, working remotely, trying to complete people's annual recertifications on a timely basis. Because that is something that dictates the funding that we receive from HUD, that these are done timely. And right now, all of ours are done timely. We started working with Nan McKay about seven years ago because we were very behind. And HUD said, you have to get these up. And our auditor told us that. And we needed to increase what we were doing. So Nan McKay started to help us to get the backlog done. This was seven years ago. And over the course of the years, when people have retired or left or we've had to recruit, they've taken on a few more of our files. And so that is all they're doing, though, is certifying the the income of participants that are on our, who are current participants on our program. Just to follow up and then we'll go to other commissioner questions. You currently on your staff do not have the capacity to do this task that you're contracting out. That's, do I understand that? We don't, we, we have like, we have about four or five eligibility workers. We actually have about 12 or 13 section eight staff and public housing staff but about four of them are public housing, I'm, so, I'm sorry, are eligibility workers. So they do have the capacity. They, they could learn that. Some of them have done it in the past. What, what we've done is we've been using some of our staff to um, help with, there's a lot that goes on. So they're doing rent increases. They're you know, doing all kinds of things. So a lot of the parts and pieces of the eligibility work, uh, they haven't done. They're just, but so we're having Nan McKay do it. We don't have the capacity, this is what you meant, to take it all back right yeah. now. It is a process. We, we definitely would have to train more people, get people ready to, to, do, to learn this work and take it on. Thank you. Other questions? Or... Yeah, uh, Nan McKay has been in the news for the San Francisco Housing Authority. I wonder if you could describe the similarities or differences in this, their contract. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I'm sure you will hear today from my constituents who've had difficulty with the recertification process and have complained to my office that Nan McKay loses their paperwork and they have to resubmit it. And, and so, you know, we've got to, what, what's the quality control on this? And what do you do when they don't perform? So if you could answer those, that I'd appreciate it. I'll take one, take quality control, yeah. 
Okay. Um, so with the Namakay in San Francisco, very different contract. They are running the full San Francisco Housing Authority. And just to be really clear, HUD came in, the San Francisco Housing Authority was not running their housing authority well. They were over, they taken over by the city of San Francisco, the city and county of San Francisco. HUD required that they contract out their work, the whole project. So everything from the, the CFO down to everybody. They don't have any staff at, 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 in San Francisco. Um, so they are, their contracts are managing the whole programs, paying landlords, paying um, nonprofit organizations. They're running the whole, they're doing all of our jobs. Um, we, we, we do not have Namakay doing anything near that. They're doing they're doing file management on an annual basis for us. And then we have staff in-house that's really the front facing and can work with residents also. And we have management, the management team uh, and others in-house. So okay, very different contracts. Let's go to my question about recertification yeah. and lost paperwork. Okay, yes. What's being done about that? Well, we're, we've been improving the digital document retention system because that was a little haphazard before. Um, we're trying to make sure that the documents come in from the tenants or the uh, participants and go where they're supposed to go, where they can be found by the Nan McKay team and also by our auditors um, and by staff who has to uh, look at them for whatever reason. Um, I'm going to be doing quality control at least quarterly to make sure that those documents are going where they're, where they're supposed to go and, um, and that we can find them. And, uh, and we're also trying to improve our letters. The letters that go out to the participants and the tenants are sometimes unclear, and it makes it look like they have to resubmit their whole packet when really they only have to submit a document that's missing in order to complete their recertification. Okay, and where do people go when they have issues or complaints? Where do they lodge those, the residents uh, on Nan McKay? Where, where do they go? Well, they should be speaking to the of staff in whichever office they live near and we can look into it for them and follow up and if it doesn't work at that staff level it can be escalated to managers and so okay forth. that's important i also understand you have a new kiosk could somebody explain what that is so we know uh yes it's a i'm not sure because i'm not technologically advanced myself <laughs> but um it, it's this great machine that accepts the paperwork and has it sent digitally did it digitally to the right Place so that um, it kind of cuts out the middleman because right now a lot of people are bringing in their packets and it's going to our front desk people. And this is a way for um, the residents and participants to um, submit it themselves in this machine. And it, is it at your office? There? It is going to be at the, it is right now at the office. It has to be still installed. Here at Civic Center. At, at Civic Center. That's going to be the test site to see whether or not um, there's some bugs in it that we need to get out before we put it into the public housing office as well. Yeah. So will you be publicizing that and how to use it so yes. that residents yes. can use that? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Can, can I also just say that we do have at the at the sites at our AMP too, which are senior disabled, and then we have Golden Gate Village. We have Yashika, Yashika Franklin Simpson, who is our project, pro, I'm sorry, property manager. And then we also have a pro property manager at our other site. And then we have Suzanne who in, and her team who are at the, at the 4020 office. So Anybody who has a problem, they can come up to and, and talk to us, or there's an, an email. And you know, and I, I want to be clear, it's not perfect, right? So we, I get it, and we are working on getting, getting, streamlining it by 
putting some folks on it and really trying to work with our software and our, our vendors and our staff to make sure we're all in, you know, we're all orchestrated to make the process as easy for our residents as we possibly can. Yeah, thank you. Commissioner Lipton. Uh, thank you. Uh, I can't really thank you for the, this update and this report. Um, you know, from what I understand, you know, there's some concerns around Namakay, but there's there's no way that that can just cease operations uh, on, on a moment's notice. There's important work that needs to continue to get done. Uh, in the staff report here, there's a couple things here that I think there is interest of, uh, one of which you said, uh, Marin Housing Authority plans to transition some of the contracted tasks back in-house. Uh, and then also the last part, any contracted tasks that are picked up by Marin Housing Authority staff or the second vendor decreases the amount paid to Nan McKay. So I understand that the contract is written in a way that um, as we bring stuff back in-house, that flexibility is there, correct? Correct. Um, so I, I think what would really benefit from what I've heard, um, you know, you said there is a plan to transition it back in-house. Uh, how can we provide some more clarity on what that plan is? And maybe ask you if, if in the next few months there can be a report back to this board of exactly what that transition plan looks like. Mm -hmm. um, what, what is the ultimate goal that we're trying to get to? I, I don't know if it means zero contract with them. Maybe there's some functions that they would always do or another vendor, uh, but what would be that, that standard that we hope to get to? Um, what that mix looks like between in-house, um, what does that mean for us in organization, staffing that we need to bring on board, mm -hmm. um, training that needs to be done, and just a little more um, clarity around that plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and even if it takes us some time to get there, I think that would alleviate a lot of the concerns knowing there is a plan in place and that we're not just renewing the same contract a year from now. So I say all that to say, is that something that staff could come back with? I'm sure you, you have this plan all together, but to kind of put it to paper and communicate it out, is that something we could do in the next three to six months? Absolutely. Yes, I, we absolutely will. I, I think that would go, okay. go a, lo a long way. So sure. I appreciate uh, the commitment to do that. Thank you. Yes, Commissioner Cantor. So I'm going to double down on <clears throat> what my fellow uh, Commissioner Lupin said, um, because as I understand it, um, when you said Kathleen that you gave uh, the second vendor 500 to see how he'll do, as I understand it, he used to work for Namikay. Did he not? No, no. He worked at the Housing Authority. Okay, but he was helping you clear up some Namikay issues, wasn't he? No. No, he was running the Section Eight department, and he. He knows that stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's he he was actually the, the Section 8 program manager. Then he became the executive director of Livermore Housing Authority. And now he does have a consulting firm where he is working in San Francisco. Maybe that's the he, he's doing some work in San Francisco as well, trying to help address. And I'm going to ask you to ask your question. Okay. So, so my, okay, so my question is, 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 is similar to uh, Commissioner Lucan, is that, um, is there any way that you can see, um, you know, verify his work over those three months as you develop a plan to bring it back that you maybe can see if you can maybe turn some over to him? Because as I understand it, he has a good business model and he's very confident with uh, approaching those contracts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I will add that um, last year we had our internal audit, I believe, and um, no matter what happened during the year, our paperwork was flawless. I think we had one notation. Um, and so that bears, we need to bear that in mind as well. Thank you, Sarah. Commissioner, Commissioner Hall, are we good? All right. So now we're going to go to public comment on this item and I'm going to go 
on, on Zoom first. We have four hands up, and if we get to five, I'll rotate back to the chamber. We are at five, so we'll do five online now, please. Okay, the first speaker is Gerald Page. Please unmute. Good afternoon. Um, I'm aware that the county routinely hires consultants and subsequently increases contracts through amending agreements. The frequency of this practice has become a normalization of contract escalation that lacks transparency and raises questions of fiscal accountability. It looks like once again, we are extending the dirty end of a short stick to Golden Gate Village by offering over $400,000 to a firm with questionable business practices because the staff report mentions difficulty in maintaining staff at MHA. Maybe this board could pay more attention to what is going on right under your noses, not look to an out of town private firm enticed by a five year semi evergreen contract for what Kimberly describes as temporary transitional work. It has been years of public advocacy condemning this board's tone deafness to the poor and black living in squalor in public housing. Please do not compound bias by adding fiscal irresponsibility. Thank you. The next speaker is Nancy Benson. Please unmute. Thank you. I appreciate what Kimberly uh, has said and what they hope to do. Uh, however, I'd like to point out that there, while she said there's no similarity between Nan McKay's work in San Francisco and the contract with MHA, that is not true. The San Francisco Housing Authority is suing Nan McKay for its failure to perform essential duties, never establishing a functional customer service program, missing critical HUD deadlines, and overall lack of follow through. These are identical to many of the complaints about Nan McKay that the Marin Housing Authority has heard from Golden Gate Village residents for years. Now that you, the commission, knows the situation, if you did approve another contract with Nan McKay, you would be breaching your fiduciary responsibility to our county. When you've been warned a contractor is incompetent and given to bait and switch tactics, I trust that you will not hire them again. Thank you. The next speaker is Axelrod. Please unmute. Okay, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Great. Um, so I want to second what the previous speakers have said. Um, but I also want to add uh, a note about um, Section 3604 of the Fair Housing Act, where the courts have ruled that you can't claim or won't win a constructive eviction claim under that section. But housing uh, free from discrimination can be brought under 3604, subsection B. And so all of the comments that people have made about how they're being treated and how egregious all of this is and has been for many years 
and I'm not looking to some of the commissioners at this point because I know they're they don't have that long history uh, as an FHA as a HUD commissioner. Um, but um, I think there is a, a statutory reason to say, well, a resident may not claim constructive eviction, discrimination can appropriately be claimed under the FHA law. And uh, I ask you to consider that. And I know you'll do the right thing. Thank you. The next speaker is Maralicia of SMCC MDT. Please unmute. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Maralisa. And as a, and first of all, I would like to thank the Board of Supervisors. And I especially want to thank Stephanie, um, who always listens to what we have to say in our, in our, in our Marin City community. And also, I would like to say that as an advocate for mental health, one of the biggest problems we have is when it's time for recertification. And so people with disabilities, elders, um, they're always stressed. They practically go through a phase where they feel like they're about to have a heart attack. I gotta recertify and I can't do this on a computer. So I'm always advocating to say, go into the office, make sure you get your stamp, make sure you have everything completed, fill out the application, present it to the worker, let them stamp it, get your receipt, so they can say that you um, recertified. Other than that, if, um, I don't know what this big glitch is in Amicate, but for people with disabilities, for seniors, for elders, it is very traumatic, traumatically stressful because next thing you know, they're getting a letter saying you're going to be terminated because you did not do this. You, did, you do it again, you're going to be terminated. So I started advocating by saying go to the office, manually figure it out, uh, fill out the paperwork. And I feel like if they have to uh, continually manually fill it out, well, I don't see much need from NAMA case. Um, so if they have a way they can fix the system immediately, that's fine. And that's what I wanted to say and thank you. The next speaker is Gigi Grenke. Please unmute. Gigi, please unmute. Okay. My, I understand that NAMA Kate and associates is hired for recertification and case management. What are the case management tasks that the organization will be covering and what is their competence in that area? Is that all you have today? Al That's Hanging. my question. Thank you. We'll take that question to the staff. So we're gonna come back to the chamber now and have five speakers come forward. Thank you for being patient. My name is Sherilyn Pickens-Rubo. I'm a participant in Section 8 housing along with my husband. My mother um, before me was a very long time participant. And 10 years ago this month, she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And my husband and I, who had been living with friends, we had no home, uh, were written into her Section 8 uh, voucher so that we could move in and take care of her. 
And uh, for the next six months, I took care of my mother until she passed away. And my husband was very, very sick also. And I had to take care of them both. And I'm so very grateful that we had this housing. Um, and my husband was very sick for many years afterwards. And he's it's only been in the last year or two that he's regained enough health to um, resume somewhat of a normal life. And I have always um, filled out the paperwork and submitted it as asked. Last January, I was sent an email um, to please do the uh, annual recertification online, which I did. I submitted everything and I thought everything was fine. And then months later, I got a letter uh, saying I was being evicted. I had to get out of my apartment uh, that uh, was my stable home uh, immediately. Uh, I had no idea why. Um, and it was very traumatic, very upsetting. We had no place to go. We would have been out on the street uh, living homeless again. Uh, and so I called and said, I was told, oh, Nan McKay is the one who, and I thought Nan McKay was a case manager. And uh, uh, somebody, I don't remember who I spoke with. I wrote it down in my notes, but this person said, I will take care of it. And they looked at it and uh, found that all of the paperwork that was needed was on the portal. And, but nobody had even bothered to find it. And uh, so the ev eviction was canceled. And uh, I pray again that that doesn't happen again. I redid the online portal, but I also put in the paperwork at the office to make sure that my paperwork does not get lost again. Thank, thank, thank you. you, your time's up, thank, thank you. I'm back again, thank you. Um, so I moved in, when I first moved in to um, go to Gay Village under this, um, it, the recertification was being done in-house and it was a lot smoother, um, but it has, you know, I think of Marilisa and her it has become really, really stressful. Um, they've lost my paperwork a couple of times. Um, it takes them far too long to re, like I live with my son and my granddaughter and if one of us during COVID, our job got lost, we had to turn. And she's saying just that one, somebody, they must be doing the other interims too. And so, and then when you try to communicate with them, I'm clearly, of the opinion that they have not, the people that worked on my case have are not masters of the English language because when you attempt to email them, the, the, the way they structure sentences, it's it's like I'm, I'm talking about a black cat and they're talking about a yellow butterfly. And so it feels a lot like the outsourcing um, nightmare that you go through now with companies where you call and you're either getting a call center in, in the Philippines or wherever and it they clearly don't and you can't speak to anybody on the phone so between losing your documentation you can't talk to anybody and then there seems to be this standard practice of if there's some of your documentation missing the first letter you get is a threat to cancel your um, your lease and evict you. And that shouldn't be the first thing you send me. Me, my son, myself, and my granddaughter, we're just really good folks, work every day, and we're doing the best we can, and we didn't lose our documentation, and so we don't deserve to be threatened every time you lose something and can't find something. 
It's Thank a, you. It is a very traumatic thing. Thank you. Hello again. How are you? So first, I want to start off with I received my recertification in August. Turned it in by September, the date they told me. Every day, I turned in paperwork over like interims uh, for them to readjust my rent by taking my grandson, my son. When I lost my income after my husband passed, none of this was ever taken off. I still kept being charged the same rent, same rent, the same rent. Then I go in there, come to find out they got different people working office. You don't know who you're leaving your information with because they say, well, okay, well, we'll stamp it. They stamp it, give you a copy. But how do I know that it's sent in if I'm still getting the same letters back? So every time I'm writing to Ann McKay, Ann McKay, she's I'd say, write me back saying, I don't understand what you're asking for. Well, my letters is it's right there in your face. It's right, simple, and clear. So I reached out to Kimberly Carroll, being the executive director. I never got a response back, never got a notice back, never got a telephone, nothing. When I finally called up with her and I asked her about it, the first thing she tells me is, oh, I got staff for this. I don't know what's going on. How can you be executive director and don't know what's going on with your tenants? You guys got rid of Louis Jordan for whatever reason. But anytime I reached out to this man, he made sure to get back to me or he made sure to resolve my problem. But with Kimberly Carroll, none of our problems seem like they get resolved. She's pushing us off on different people. I'm talking now to another lady in the office over the phone. I ain't never met in person. I don't know who I'm giving my information to. So I don't feel that it's fair that we're just being pushed to the side and people are losing our information. They're losing our stuff. I said, this has happened to me. I've had over 100 people reach out asking me to help them now with their cases against the rent housing and Nan McKay. So you guys need to really look into what's going on. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Melanie Raquel, and I've been working at Marin Housing for five years this coming March 2024. My current role allows me to work closely with individuals who have experienced and currently experienced chronic homelessness while also living with a severe mental illness, substance use disorder, or duly diagnosed. I help folks locate and maintain housing, increase independent living skills, manage mental health symptoms, link to resources, and navigate our system of care. And so I come here today as I strongly encourage, encourage this board and Marin Housing Management to create a feasible and actionable plan to transition this work to in-house employees as quickly as possible. The security and stability of our residents and vulnerable at-risk populations depend on this becoming a, becoming a serious priority. When you have the strict turnaround times and requirements that housing services demand that all parties adhere to, you cannot waste a minute on letters slogging through the postal services or calls lingering in queues. You need knowledgeable, competent staff able to provide immediate answers. Residents need the option to speak with someone or provide documentation last minute, especially if they don't have a reliable phone or internet connection. And just to make clear, a lot of the folks I work with have neither. Residents and landlords need people that they know and trust. People know the reality of their local community and what is and isn't possible. Our community cannot be effectively served by some faceless, anonymous person in Chicago, Florida, or San Diego that doesn't care about what happens after the call ends, has true knowledge of the consequences of their actions, and cannot truly be held accountable. That's what you expect from calling Comcast about your glitchy internet 
or Amazon about the package left on your neighbor's porch. This cannot be how a person relies on having a stable home. Our residents and your constituents need better than that. They deserve much more. Thank you. Your time's up. Good afternoon. My name is Carrie Smith. I've Put that mic up. There you go. Thank Sorry, you. I'm a little taller. Um, my name is Carrie Smith. I've been working at the Housing Authority for the last three and a half years. Like Melanie, I work with our population that has vouchers. Um, she explained the reason why we're urging that the services that Nan McKay currently provide be brought back into house. I would like to give you some specific examples that I've dealt with in terms of clients and what they've experienced when Nan McKay has lost their paperwork or erroneously sent termination letters. I work with a Spanish-speaking single mom with three children. After her annual recertification in 2022, Nan McKay erroneously entered the wrong payment standard, causing her to pay an extra $3,100 in rent. Just a few months later, the same client submitted her next annual recertification for 2023. In air, Nan McKay terminated her voucher. Mm -hmm. Another client was terminated in air for, quote, missing two inspections, despite being home all day. When I looked into what happened, the inspector was not able to gain entry into the complex. She did not have a working phone, so he couldn't call her. Rather than going to the management office to get entry, he marked it as a no-show and left. Her voucher was set for termination. I got involved. I called the property management company, got the contact information, and gave it to Nan McKay for future inspections at this property. There are over 20 residents at this property with vouchers. This is the type of service that our clients deserve. Lastly, I have a senior citizen who was living in her home for over 15 years. Her annual recertification became due. She actually worked with Nan McKay to complete it. Somehow they missed a signature. The client went into the hospital. Nan McKay terminated her voucher. The landlord reached in to Time's see what up. happened. Sorry. Thank you. We have one more in the chamber. Would you like to come forward? Did one of the SEIU people wanted to finish that statement of the first speaker? Come on up if you want to do that, please. And then we'll go online to the next uh, speaker. Thank you. So we spend half a million dollars on outsourcing to private contractors like Nan McKay, not including other third-party contractors, extra hires outside of Nan McKay, Marin Housing can't recruit or retain employees when we're paid 20 to 30% below market compared to other local housing authorities. Yesterday, management quoted, the budget does not provide for this. It's not doable or feasible. In a memo to this board in January of 2023, it was stated that Marin Housing is exploring transitional, con exploring transitioning these contracted services back into house over the next six to 12 months. Fast forward to where we are now. It's almost been 13 months later, and we're still in the same position, but worse. Thank you. We're going to go online now, Al, please. First speaker is Barbara. Please unmute. Good 
Good afternoon again. A year ago this month, when you approved last year's contract for Nan McKay, Kimberly said she would be bringing some of those services in-house, but that didn't happen last year. So why should we believe that it's any more likely to happen this year? Kimberly explained her inability to do what she said she would last year by saying that MHA is having difficulty maintaining sufficient staffing levels. And that raises the issue of the stunningly high turnover rate at MHA, which is higher than in any organization I've ever seen. It would seem that either people are being hired by MHA who are incapable of doing the job they were hired for, or that the working environment at MHA is not a good one, as witnessed by the employees, the MHA employees you've heard from today, as well as the picket line earlier this month to protest MHA's use of subcontractors, especially Nan McKay. Many of us, including most of you commissioners, have heard public housing residents complain about the shoddy and irresponsible work provided by Nan McKay for many years now. But evidently such comments from the people who've had to deal with Nan McKay personally and directly didn't get your attention because you've continued to renew Nan McKay's contract year after year without question. But now you have public housing residents, um, MHA employees, a lawsuit against Nan McKay and the public raising significant concerns about Nan McKay's work. In the light of all that evidence, how can you possibly consider renewing Nan McKay's contract at all, let alone awarding a one-year contract with four additional one-year option periods? How many more reasons would you need to deny this contract? The next speaker is Dr. Kate Truthby. Please unmute. All right, thank you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, to hear the nightmares concerning Nan McKay is just as relevant as Los Angeles County, San Francisco, where a lot of people who are having experienced homelessness are given these multi-million dollar contracts and they're paying their staffs while the services are subpar. Um, the primary staffing for Namake are primarily Caucasian, with the exception of Camille Robinson, Jamila Burleson Cashon, and perhaps Lanise Chandler. You have to have a majority of relative people who understand emergency housing, the need for those who live in public housing, um, the level of customer service, all of that you need to put in consideration. And to stop having these Europeans in lead uh, that's misappropriating funding and not doing their job. So I just hope to see that there's a level of change that Gavin Newsom uh, pays attention and stop throwing millions of dollars as well as HUD uh, to do oversight. And if you can't, then there's plenty of black and brown people that can do their job. So I hopefully you don't renew Namikay's contract and that you have people with knowledgeable experience to help um, with affordable and permanent housing. Thank you. Uh, Professor Rodoni, we have yes, one more speaker, but the person already spoke. She's already spoke, yes. Yeah, Donnie, speak one time on an item, sorry. 
going to bring you back to the chamber now to wrap this up. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Barbara Rothkrug. I live in Mill Valley, and I'm a member of Friends of Golden Gate Village. I want to thank all the speakers today who have been so articulate about the issues with hiring this contractor, Nan McKay, and also talking about the poor pay that staff who work for MHA are receiving. Um, I don't know what MHA's priorities are, but they don't seem to involve making sure that residents get the service they need and deserve regarding issues about whether they have paid their rent and are eligible to remain in subsidized housing. If MHA leadership were concerned about tenants' payments and forms filled out, not being laid off, why would you keep contracting with a firm that is a proven failure? Nan McKay is that firm. San Francisco Housing Authority is actually suing them. Residents have been complaining about them with no response except that she hopes to bring this service in-house. She said that last year. Um, one of the things that really struck me is that case managers are saying their clients are being terrorized, terrorized with false termination notices. People should never be terrorized in public and subsidized housing. We're supposed to be concerned about people. We're not supposed to be horrible corporate landlords, and that's what we're acting like it. And I just feel like we need to do better. Thank you. Hello. Um, I just want to speak about my personal experience with um, recertification. So initially, I moved in. Um, I got the approval for application in January of 2023. And so my, my application was approved by March and I moved in the beginning of April. I was miscalculated for how much I supposed to pay rent. And I wouldn't have known that hadn't I applied for the self-sufficiency family program. When I applied for that, she let me know you're paying way too much rent with the income that you're providing. And they, I had to go through this whole process to get my income, my rent lowered to what I should have been paid. I just recertified. I got a net notification on December, on October 3rd that I needed to recertify. I put in the, the information by the 16th of October. I filled out everything by October 11th. On um, October 17th, I got an email saying that it was my application was initiated. November 3rd, I got another email saying that the, that my application was not received. Then I got a, on the 6th, I went down to MHA resource office and asked if they can help me um, process the paperwork. She told me that everything was in and I didn't need to process anything. So she sent the email. And then again, on November 15th, I got another recert, uh, failure to recertification or eviction. I went down to there again on December 7th. And then again on the 20th, I got another notification stating that they haven't received my paperwork. 
I had to call around. I don't know who my neighbor called. I'm not sure who I spoke to, but they, at the bottom line, they, they were the one who finalized my paperwork and I finally got approval. Now I'm not even sure because my rent is exactly the same amount it was when I moved in, but my income hasn't changed. So time's up. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, yes, my Nan McKay story. Um, when Nan McKay's contract was $75,000, so you know how far back that was, I complained then because of the same issues then are the same issues now. Nan McKay, yes, being sued in San Francisco, that should, that should stir up something in, some, in, in one or two of you. At least, I got my na uh, my letter from Nancy K a few weeks, a couple of weeks, no, a few weeks back, and it was dated on the for the sixteenth that I had to turn my paperwork in, but the the letter was dated the sixteenth itself, so that just shows you their mentality. Now you talk about this other consultant firm. Well, I remembered him when he was running it at the housing authority. It was one of the reasons why he went on and, and did him. Why is can't he have uh, more than 500? It sounds like to me he needs to give him an opportunity to see if he can step up to the plate and, and, and while you're going through a transition uh, period. You, again, she had already uh, a year ago and another year, but we're going to add on some more years. And for you as our commissioners, shame on you. You've heard the story, the stories. Hi, Marguerite Moriarty. Um, uh, I've been listening and I'm not sure if I got the math right, but Kimberly had said that she hired three people um, this past year. And then if, the, if what I heard is correct, um, two of those people are no longer uh, part of the team. So therefore two people less. And uh, I don't understand why um, in this county, you know, we can't get, we, they can't retain people. And maybe it's like the same problem with the IHSS, the, the caregivers, you know? I mean, these people are all here saying they're not being paid enough money. Um, but the bottom line is, is that I also heard, it sounds like these, that there are computer systems that aren't even talking to each other, which explains maybe some of these letters that are going out that are inappropriate and then upsetting, you know, these, you know, these poor people. I mean, it's really unforgivable. And you know, when we were doing the canvassing of the Golden Gate Village uh, 10 months ago, I went into a woman's home, not in the high rise, but on the low level. And she was elderly in her wheelchair. Um, and she said, quote, she said, I'm just grateful to have a roof over my head when it's raining out there. And I said, ma'am, you deserve to have a clean, well-lighted place. And it's our responsibility. And I'm talking to people. I'm sending Felicia's book to people in Kentfield on Laurel Grove Avenue. 
and in Kentfield off of Magnolia. And I'm gonna keep on this until I'm finished. I'm with this group until I'm dead. My name is Mary Morgan. I live in Point Reyes Station and I'm a member of Main Street Moms and Friends of Golden Gate Village. You have heard from residents who have given you innumerable personal detailed stories of the abuse perpetrated by Nan McKay. You have heard quite unusually from staff from MHA who are saying, do not renew this contract. They do not do a good job. You need to change. Now you're gonna hear from a taxpayer. This board needs to start exercising and requiring accountability. It's clear to me that through the history of this, just this one issue with Marin Housing Authority, that unfortunately Kimberly Carroll does not have the management skills to or the vision to see how to solve big problems and then demand that her staff have a plan and execute on it. This is no longer tolerable. Do not waste more money on Nan McKay. I completely agree with what Royce McLemore said. It's time to not award this contract to Nan McKay, but to award it to the other contractor who clearly has experience and the trust and respect of the people that contractor is supposed to serve. The choice is yours. I'm Sarah Turner. I'm from um, Seniors for Peace in Mill Valley and also Friends of Golden Gate Village. I was struck in listening today that the most important issue was only mentioned once, and that was by Commissioner Lucan. Planning, planning. Obviously, there has not been planning done to get us to this point where we have so limited options, but continuing something that we clearly know isn't working. Nothing happens without, as, as Commissioner Lucan said, no project happens without a goal, without steps, monitoring, planning, where, is, where are the people, where is money, how is it going to go, and when are we going to complete it? Now, the only thing that I have differ with Commissioner Lucan is the time that he set. We're in an emergency situation here. It's obvious from all the people that have talked about the deplorable situation that's happened during their recertification. We can't wait three months, next month, to get a plan. We need a plan now, right now, and we need to have a goal that if we have to continue with a, a, a vendor that is incompetent, that we know when it will be over. And we can't wait till summer, start up knowing what the plan is. We need to do that now, right now. And, and that plan needs to come back within days, not months. Let's do it and, and make sure we're not, for lack of plan, 
in the same time. situation time and time again. Thank you. Thank you. Last speaker, please. One more speaker in the chamber and then we're gonna wrap this up. I just wanted to reiterate what everyone is saying and just say that you have residents and then you have workers and you have groups from opposite sides of the track that cannot come together and make up the same stories or lies. And I just wanna support everyone here and say, please do not fund this group. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna bring it back to staff to see if they wanna to respond to any of that. But one question I'd like you to answer also is um, the other contractor that you decided to work at a lower level with, do we know about the capacity of that contractor? Do we know anything about them and why did they end up second in this process? They're just getting started. So they have two employees total. Um, they, they would like to probably take on more and we'd like them to as they can get their staff up and get going. So that would be a plan. Um, to, to, you know, bring that back. Um, I, I, so I'd like to, yes, I will acknowledge that we did, we did say we were going to do this last year and we have had a hard time, um, staffing, getting, getting staff, hiring staff, um, finding people to do this work. I, I don't think, I mean, I, I know we're not unique. It's across the, the bay at housing authorities across the bay at every industry, pretty much. You can see that it is very hard to find employees. So we are part of that. We do have right now, we're allowing our staff to pretty much have a hybrid. So they work a few days in the office and a few days from home. We're trying to be as flexible with all of that. We are, I feel like, to be honest, I've lived, worked here a long time and I feel like I do have a really good relationship with the staff. Um, I, I know we're in the middle of a lot right now and, um, but that, I, I, the, the, you know, the, the idea of um, the way this is being portrayed is, uh, is, is, is challenging, but we, I, I get it. I get it. I'm going to own the fact that I did say uh, last year, as I sat here, we were going to transition out and we are still here. So I own that. I own it. And I am going to work with my team. We will come back. We can come back much sooner than three months um, with a plan of how we're going to transition either, you know, away from Namake into another vendor or with another vendor and, or, and hiring new staff. That is our, our, our intention. We are hiring, we wanna hire more eligibility workers to be back in the office. So I, I will come back with a, a plan. I don't have it right now, um, but that is what we will do. I'm gonna to go to Commissioner Rice, but one follow-up question. Mm -hmm. Can you, is it okay if we only give this contract for a year at this point and with the incentive to come back with a plan, how are you gonna move, so, move forward with the staff to increase the staff so you can take on some of these tasks in-house. Is that how, how will that affect this contract? And can we remove the one-year additional items in this in this contract if we chose? Yeah, so it is right now it's one year with the it is a one-year contract with the, the ability to extend. And we probably have to get board approval to do that too at, at the amount that we're that this contract is set for. So we would have to probably get your approval in any event, but it's so- it would it, have, You would have to come back for the one year. Yeah, so it would 30, 30 days off from the end of the year, we'd have to come back and say, hey, we, we would like to extend it. And also just kind of want to point out that the scope of this work is very narrow. So we put this RFP out for almost two months and I really actively tried to find other um, companies to do this work. It's a very narrow scope of work that it's hard to find consultants to do. And, and really, so we really got only the two responses 
Uh, we sent it out. There was about 1,400 and some people had looked at it, evaluated it, and that type of thing. So it's hard to find someone to do this work as well. So. All right. Commissioner Ray. Thank you. Um, a question. Um, I'm trying to read through the contract and see if language that spoke to the uh, ability of of attrition. Um, two things. One, when if there is a um, uh, a certification case that is getting that, that there's problems with, and I'm not sure if that would be you know, the, the, the client getting a notice that doesn't make any sense or a way for us to monitor if there is um, um, potentially a client who is, per Nan McKay's analysis, um, may lose their certification. Is there a way for those sort of red flag um, recertifications to actually be directed, handed off to our own staff and to be, and to be, held in-house more, and, and I don't know enough of your process, but I'm just, I'm really concerned, regardless of length of this contract, whether it's six months or a year, that we try to put in some safeguards to relieve some of this stress that we're having, and I don't know if that's possible. So that's one question. The second question um, is with regards to the second contractor, the new, um, who's taking on 500. Is there ability within the contract that we're going to be entering into with him for if they have the ability to expand their capacity and take on more than 500 files sooner rather than later that we can actually peel peel um, uh, files off as we're away from Nan McKay so we transition sooner? And I'm even wondering about incentivizing the ability of that second firm to do that work if they are actually um, performing. Um, I can address it if you like. I think. Uh, I think we can build something into the contract with Nan McKay, like you said, if we want to get notified, if there's issues that come up, um, we can look at what that language looks like and they can notify our staff so we can be aware of that. Did I get that correctly? Mainly it's that I, I'm just trying to avoid situations that I've heard about where we've right. got somebody who's who's getting mixed messages from Nan McKay and having right. to go through a, a process that maybe would have been handled more smoothly if it was uh, handled in-house. Okay. Can I have Suzanne uh, Joyce address that? She uh, she's a program manager, and how that's being handled right now. Okay, turn on your mic, please. Thanks. Okay, so um, back in August, we first of all back in August we started sending out all the annual re examination letters uh, from our office at Forty Twenty Civic Center Drive because of the mail was coming out from Florida, wherever the offices were from Nan McKay. Um, and we, uh, that's actually minimized. Uh, the, the tenants are, or the participants are actually getting the letters. Um, then I also have a staff. I do get a copy of the email of the letters that get sent out to intent to terminate for participants that had not responded to the annual re-exams. So I have part of my staff calling those tenants prior to them being mailed out, the intention to terminate, stating, calling, find out what's going on. Um, sometimes they say, I did mail it in. So we do, then we do go in and we do the research and sometimes say, I never got the letters. Um, I don't know what happened. We'll, I'll come in. So we do work with them prior to setting out the intention and intent to terminate. 
Yeah, no, so, I, so, so what I'm hearing then, it, it sounds like you do have a process in place so that at least there's some alert to in-house. And, and still, it may be a little, it may not relieve all the tension. Um, I don't want to get into this more now, but I think that that's something to just make sure we're doing everything mm -hmm. we can. Um, it's really, uh, it's just really disheartening to hear this. Um, I, I, my understanding of a lot of our of federal programs and funding streams and the bureaucracy that's frankly built into a lot of the programs that we're involved in are just ridiculous. Um, and uh, the degree to which we as the government agency can make any of those processes easier and less stressful for clients I think is really important. And of course, it's that much more difficult if we're working through a third party. Mm -hmm. And I, I think just to the history of the third party, you know, um, you've got to have people to do the work. And if you don't have the people, you can't do the work and hence, hence the outsourcing. And we are in negotiations right now with labor. And I think it's, um, and everyone is very, very aware of the landscape with regards to uh, cost of living and wages and housing and all that. Um, but I don't want to, I think it's, I want to um, stand up for the integrity of Kimberly and her staff and doing the best that they can. And, um, but also really recognize um, the stress and the undue anxiety that um, poor performance um, is is bearing on um, our our residents. So anyway, you and very much got our attention, um, and I and I think the staffs as well. I also wanted to talk about um, there's a process to to changing. I was a I was in the property management field for over 22 years prior to me going to Marin Housing Authority. I worked for the three of the biggest management companies. Um, we had vouchers, we had tax credit, we had compli compliance in-house. It is very, it's a complex things to do, and you wanna make sure when you do these re-examinations, you wanna make sure that you take care that you do not make a mistake, that it's the, the difference in having some that, someone that's organized, that knows what they're doing, and it's really, really hard to hire people. So just to say, get rid of Nan McKay in three months, when we have over 2,500 vouchers that we annually have to do. The second thing is too, when I came on board two years ago, we were coming out of COVID and there was a lot of people that we didn't, we didn't they didn't have to do the annual re-exam. And I think what happened, and this is why we've been sending out so many letters because I think what happened for two years, they didn't have to do it. You know what? I would probably forget, well, I haven't done my re-exam. I probably don't have to do it. So we started out very slowly sending these letters out, trying to get people back in the habit of coming in once a year. So I just wanted to explain a little bit. I do know a little bit about the background. Thank you. And then if I, I'm sorry, if I could speak up to you just one last time. We really did strive to, to build into this, I think this time around, this flexibility that, you know, as Nan McKay can take this on, they have the capacity, but we have this new vendor who, you know, a lot of people are very excited about. You can kind of hear it. We can shift over to them. And then as we bring it back in house, so we have a very flexible way of dressing it. So just wanted to put that in. Commissioner, yeah. So, so I, I'm going to double down on what my fellow commissioner uh, Rice is that I think there needs to be some uh, benchmarks that maybe Nan McKay needs to read. Now, 
I don't personally know about why some people weren't uh, sent a recertification, like you said, Suzanne, but I know that I've had to fill out one every year since I've been here, and everybody I know has had to fill out one every year since I've been here. And I myself have had the same problems. I've had to email Kimberly, email Kathleen, and say, hey, I'm being threatened with eviction. They're saying they're not going to pay my rent. And, and it is an awful process. I think that um, the sooner that we can get maybe in-house. I mean, I know it's hard to hire people, but there are there are people getting laid off. So there, there's going to be people out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm sure Kimberly is going to try as hard as she can to hire people. But I do think we need to transition as quickly as possible because I think Dan McKay has been underperforming for us and, and really um, has not been representing us well. And it causes you problems and, and it reflects bad on the agency. And that's not what we want. Mm -hmm. We want to do the best job we can do. We want to support your employees, your staff, and we want to support our tenants. So. Thank you, sir. Uh, Commissioner Moulton. Yeah, you. questions. What What is the current expiration date of the current contract? The, the one, not this one that we're. Not this one. The, I mean, the current. The current Nan McKay that we're under. Pardon? The current Nan McKay contract you're asking about. I think it was. November 30th. Yeah, November 30th. I think it expired. So that's why we put it off for procurement is one of the reasons why, but. But yeah, November 30th, I think. Well, okay. Yeah. So I guess what I'm looking for is there, are we working towards a renewal date that we have to hit? It doesn't sound like it if we haven't renewed it yet. No, this is a new new contract with them. So, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. So are we month to month? Okay. I see. Okay. Uh, next question. I wanted to um, build on what Suzanne said. So it, it almost sounds like... Uh, what we need is a corrective action plan. And Suzanne, you started on this by instituting some controls that weren't there. And I would feel better as a commissioner having that plan and those controls in front of me before I voted to approve this contract. Uh, and so if I would rather see this come back next month with some more detail on those controls that are going in place, the customer service, the resident service support that we have, and those, um, what did you call them, Supervisor Rice? Anyway, the the the, the yeah the, the pro solutions, the resolution process that we have, and then finally, I wanted to understand. So we have is it over twenty five hundred recertifications a year that have to, or was it three thousand? What's the total number? Because it's significant that the new vendor has been given five hundred, which sounds like a good start to me. I don't know that you give a new vendor all 2,500 at once. That, that isn't how I would run my business. You need to prove yourself. So this is why we need a bridging strategy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to get at is let's have a bridging strategy up close and a plan for how we're going to transition uh, before we approve this contract. How do you have verified compliance? Well, I can answer that that question. It is three thousand. It's twenty five hundred for vouchers and five hundred for okay. public housing. And part of our plan is that the first priority was for the second vendor to take on the special programs because they needed more of the one on one communication and um, special needs. Um, and then another priority would be to have the public housing folks also go um, in house first. Okay, so probably having that all spelled out to this board would be useful. We're a little short on details today. Uh, 
And uh, as I say, we, we need to understand the, the accountability controls and your and corrective action and, and really what, what are the, uh, the uh, guardrails on the contract to make sure that performance is what it needs to be. Okay, is that it, Commissioner? Anyone else, uh, additional comments or questions? So, so maybe you could, Chris, I'll let you go in a minute, but also it would help us understand what are the impacts of this non-action? Mm -hmm. Are there some? Because yeah. I don't want to make things worse right. mm -hmm. than they are currently. We've heard how bad they are today. Will this make it worse if we don't have a contract in place in sometime soon? Well, I, I can address one issue, which is this it's five-year contract has expired. And HUD has a five-year limit on contracts, and we are month-to-month, -month, but we're technically out of compliance with HUD requirements, which is, you know, five years a limit to a contract. So. Okay. So it yeah. sounds like we can continue on the month-to-month -month work out this. Yes. Kimberly, go ahead. Uh, yes. I think, you know, for it, the, the impact would be that we wouldn't do annual. And that could impact our, our HUD funding um, if we just stopped right now um, it, with, with Nan McKay. And, and quite honestly, we are at the level where we're with a HUD contract. We either need to get it approved again, or we need to, we, we can't just keep doing month to month. So if we want to, if we want to do that, um, and I'll come back with a corrective action plan. I also don't know what Namakay is also a firm that we, we don't know how long they'll stay with us um, after this, this meeting as well. So it, it is, there is some impacts here. Um, but I think, you know, our goal is to hire we can hire quickly, we can do all these things, but I don't know that, I, I'm really leaning on my procurement manager of like, can we just keep kicking the can on this contract because we were supposed to bring it last month and we didn't because of there was some cons something with the, the way it was agendized. So we held it back and so now we've moved it. So if we can move it and you guys can hold it and then I'll come back with a corrective action plan, that's great. But I'm not sure if procurement wise. Well, I mean, I think that is an issue. I think that, you know, the five year limit. The other thing with HUD contracts is you can always, um, one thing about HUD contracts that are pretty interesting is you can always just at some point say, hey, we're done with you and we're, we're going to leave the contract. So as long as everything's paid up to that date, you can kind of just check out of a contract. So that's another option as well. So, but it is an option, it is an issue to be out of contract. Okay. So, I'm going to bring it back to the commissioner. If we have yeah. some recommendations. On what the uh, I was just going to ask you a question. This this is a not to exceed contract. So going to the last point you just made, if we have, we don't send them any work, there's no monies owed. Is that correct? That or is, is there a baseline amount that they're owed every month? No, that this is it's a per per service per contract. service contract per per uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't know enough about kind of the the compliance issues and the potential risk there, but given that it is a not to exceed contract and that we do have a commitment from our staff to bring it back, we could consider, and I'll turn to my colleagues, is, is if we were to approve it, but with clear direction that we would come back at a certain point with that transition plan um, and, and what that would look like uh, moving forward. So that's that's an option as well, I guess. Commissioner Hall. Uh, well, my question is this is, uh, this second, uh, I'm vaguely unfamiliar with them, but you know, he worked for us at one time in the section of the department. The question would be, does he have the capacity to take on these extra contracts? 
Well, he can get the capacity by hiring more people. At this point, he doesn't have the capacity, but um, I, 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 I trust him. I know that he can do this. He just okay. needs to ramp up. So as I know it, and from the best uh, administration, he's quite capable. So what is the problem with not just awarding him the contract? Well, again, he's new. He's a new consultant in this in this field. He has told us he's not ready to take it on. So, so um, I think that's. I mean, that is why we're the way the contracts are built is we can we can decrease one and increase the other as we go. So we will continue to do that. And just to, to kind of write on that point, we can also. So he's at five hundred now. If he can exceed that, we can amend the contract and and steer more in that direction if we want to. So that's an option too, so. Okay. Yeah, so did I, as a practical matter, our next meeting is in two weeks, is that right? Yes, it is. Okay, that's not very long. Mm -mm. I, what I, I think we could delay the decision two weeks so that we can get better specificity on the protections and insurances we have going forward that this next contract with Nan McKay's properly and with problem resolution process that Suzanne runs uh, and, uh, and that there's a transition as the new vendor shows capability for that, got to hire and train. Anyway, I, I just think it's two weeks is something I could live with for greater clarity and not approve it today. That sounds like a good motion. Okay. I'm just going to say, just real quick, mm -hmm. possibly you can reach out to Mr. Miller. Maybe he can come or maybe he can, you know, you can check with him again about what he can take or if he's willing to hire additional staff or he can come to the meeting and address us, whichever. Supervisor or Commissioner Rice, anything additional? I'm good with right. the two weeks. So um, we're looking for a path forward here and would someone like to suggest a motion? Uh, I'll make that motion that we return in two weeks with greater specificity in a staff report regarding the protections and insurance to properly manage the Nan McKay contract for one year uh, and that it uh, we contemplate a uh, transition to the second vendor as his capabilities allow. Okay. okay. And I assume that means also transition to staff doing some of this work too. So, okay, we have a motion and a second. Any questions about the motion? Oh, we have a second already, so thank second. you. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. So we'll see you in two weeks with some more information on okay. that item. Okay. And thank, thank you. you to our staff and to the community. So item G, uh, sorry, got the wrong. Yeah, item G, I got it. Um, Item G is a request from MHA director to authorize the executive director to exercise the option to purchase property known as APN 0227050 for an amount not to exceed 200000 under the below market rate ownership program. Welcome. I'm going to have Jeff Kelly talk about this, this item. All right. Good afternoon, commissioners. Um, my name is Jeff Kelly. I'm the Home Ownership Program Manager, um, and I bring before you sort of a routine agenda item or action item here as part of the turnover of some of our BMR units. 
Um, I'll give a little bit more background. This particular unit, a young gentleman was able to purchase this 20 years ago, won the lottery, bought it for about 83,000, um, has lived there for the last 20 years, has since gotten married. And so they're consolidating, looking for a larger home. So essentially they're looking at this as, you know, this is a down payment um, for a larger home. So um, that's the background as to why this unit's turning over. And so, um, you know, our ask here today is to authorize the executive director to be able to exercise the option to purchase. Um, the amount to exceed is not, or it's not to exceed an amount of 200,000. The, the resale restricted price that we are contractually obligated to pay for it is 180,000, just over that. Um, the unit's in really, really, the, the owner kept it in excellent condition. So it's, it's virtually ready for sale. Um, so this should be a quick turnaround. Um, looking towards spring to have this thing available. Um, we'll put together, we'll get, once the unit's empty, we can put together some pictures and flyers, have it on our website, um, send it out with the Golden Gate Village newsletter um, and contact some of our partner agencies and nonprofit community partners to just let them know that units are coming available this year. Very good. Question staff. Eric? I just wanted to uh, commend Jeff on what a good job you're doing. Every time you come up here to present the BMR stuff, you're thorough. Um, you've got your information, you're detailed, and I really appreciate you. Thank you. Other questions? All right. Uh, we're going to go to the public for public comment on this item. Looking online first. Person, uh, there, there are no speakers in the queue. And then in the chamber, anyone want to speak on this item? Okay, bring it back to the commission. We're looking for a motion. Chair, I'll move it. Thank you. <laughs> then moved and second that we uh, approve this action related to the below market rate home ownership program. All those in favor, say aye. aye, oppose, abstain. Thank you all. So now we are adjourning as Marin County Housing Authority to I think February 13th is the date. Yes, February 13th. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs>